You're listening to episode 25 of the Junto Podcast with longtime friend and Memphis country queen Amber Ray Dunn. In this episode, we talk about the follow-up album to Amber's first titled Arkansas Line and talk about what it is to be a creative with its unique struggles and challenges. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Junto Podcast. We are here filming episode 25 and super, super excited to have a longtime friend, uh, but not only a longtime friend, goodness, it looks like you're getting on the map and, and we're going to talk to you a little bit today about all that you have going on, but make some noise, give a warm welcome to my good friend, Amber Craven, form, or most famously known, <laughs> I should say, as Amber Ray Dunn. So Amber, welcome to the show. How are you? You can say formally. Um, <laughs> Now that I'm married, that is a former self <laughs> that I had. Now I'm a married woman. Um, although I like to tell people that uh, Amber Craven is who's married to my husband. Oh, oh okay. I that's like that. That's how I word that on stage. And because, he's cool with that? Yeah, because Amber Ray Dunn is an artist. <laughs> yeah, that's Amber it. Craven is the woman that's married to my husband, but I I'm need, doing good. <laughs> I need one of those. I need uh, an alter ego or maybe a stage name. So, yeah, uh, you look great. Thank I know you've you. got a lot going on. And for those who are going to be tuning in, uh, whether that's Spotify or iTunes, I, I want to set this up because we've been friends for a long, long time. You mm-hmm. actually used to babysit my kids. You're part of the family, <laughs> and like we've known you such a long, long time. So that's yeah. that's history. How you know? Besides the obvious way we knew each other, I mean, goodness, those were some good times back in the day. Remember? They were, <laughs> and, and I've never been one of those people that uh, focuses too deeply into any section of my life. I've just yeah. kind of, as you know, floated around and let it kind of happen. And that was a very beautiful time. You have a wonderful family, and I really cherish the memories that I have with your daughters and, yeah. and the whole family. <laughs> I remember one time you were babysitting for us and uh you've always been very artistic and creative mm. but i remember one night we came home and man they look so dolled up like that the makeup was done and sorry the whole no i love it that was that was awesome it was actually one of uh very cool memory and i thought it thought it was cool just the history you have and then to see like you said what's going on with all of your life with uh, with music and, and mm-hmm. segueing into that i remember one night uh, we were having a little get together. This is when I lived out in Proctor, and I remember one night you were singing a country song. I, you may not remember <laughs> this, but who would have thought that you know the, all these years later that this would have turned into something really, really cool for you? How did how did this whole music thing happen for you? And when did you know it's kind of something you wanted to pursue? Well, I'll tell you who didn't think that that was ever going to happen. This person, <laughs> right? Um, otherwise, I would have totally pursued it earlier. Yeah. And that's something I have to continually tell myself. And I I love that I'm able, I guess, to spread the message to other artists that probably feel the way that I feel. But I feel like I started so late. Mm. Um, And that's a hard thing in an industry where there's a lot of young folks and uh, a lot of TikTok and just technology that you kind of have to know. And in the music industry, we have to utilize all of that and algorithms and things that the older you get, Maybe the less you know about that kind of thing. And uh, I have to continually remind myself that it is okay because I didn't really find music till after college. Yeah, it is okay. And it's crazy you talk about that because I'm in a similar situation. You know, I really do this podcast, uh, honestly, to kind of be community community oriented. It's always Mm -hmm. 
something that I've wanted to do. But like you, you know, certainly when you put work into something, you want it to be fruitful. Like you mm-hmm. want you want people to listen because so much work goes on behind the scenes. So I totally get that. It's funny you mentioned like the algorithm algorithms and all that stuff. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, what is the best day? What time uh, of day oh, yes. is the you, best to post? There, you know what I'm saying? There is a time of day. <laughs> Thank you. It matters. Apparently I've also learned there's also a time of day to book flights. What? Wow. Like that's has cheaper I don't know. That's true. I think it's like super early in the morning when I don't wake up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but that and and just the learning of the marketing and the everything, and I think the older people get, the more they just kind of want to let that stuff go. But you kind of have to keep up with it. Yeah. And um, like you said, I was just babysitting kids and singing in the backyard. I mean, I had no clue. Yeah. And it wasn't until I graduated Memphis College of Art that I had a buddy that did music, and we were hanging out a lot at the time, and he was the one that kind of pushed me. Goodness. And when I tried it. I loved it, and yeah. I actually was decently good at it. Right, like sounds so random, you know. But <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised you were good at it. But tell me a little bit you about. You should have told me back then. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I, I totally get it though. And by the way, I want to encourage you because it's definitely not too late. I mean, I'm older than you, so if I can try no. something new, you can. And uh, yeah. I definitely wanted to encourage you that way. But no, you have always been super creative, whether it's art. Uh, you've always made stuff out of like the most random things, which I think is still amazing. <laughs> uh, and then I could see how with the whole music thing that that would kind of be a natural transition to you. But you talked about getting connected to uh, a friend while you were in college. So mm-hmm. tell me about the first time you got up on that stage. Because, you know, that's <laughs> that's like the main thing. Once you battle that that beast and you get on the well, stage, once it's done, it's over. But, but I'm a little bit like you. <laughs> and, like, we do just slightly enjoy opening our mouths. Are you kidding? And people looking at us and thinking we know what we're talking about all the while. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> but we sound like we do. But no. we sound like we do and we continue going and our mind is able to like slowly stumble yes. these words together in a sense that people thought we already knew what we were saying. I know. And we just smile like we did. <laughs> and then they actually think we're legit. You know, know. like, uh, <laughs> if only you knew, you know. Yeah, so that's, that's my experience. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's still... I was in plays and all that kind of stuff when I was a kid. But, yeah, so uh, you're creative. You did all that stuff. Mm. And now, you know, it seemed like, man, things were just really, you put out an album. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that process. And and I want to set that up just because I saw it. I was on the outside looking in. Like, I saw a lot of stuff happening Mm. in your life. You're connected. You made contacts with people who... Uh, we're in the industry and, and then man, to see that album come along, which we bought and I still have my kids and I listen to it. How was that process (laughs) and the inspiration behind all that? Well, we're working on a new one, so get ready. Awesome. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously with social media and any of that kind of stuff, you're kind of only hitting the highlights. Mm. You're every once in a while, I guess, if you really feel like you should share with your crowd or your people, the low moments you will. But for the most part, people are only seeing those highlights. But it is a lot of work, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And um, at the time I did that first album, I was working at a studio. So thankfully, I didn't owe any money at the end of that project. That is a big deal. (laughs) That's huge. Um, And I was recording with two time Grammy award winning producer Mark Goodman 
who actually just passed away. And that's where I'm heading after this. He's got a memorial service. Um, But that was a lot of fun. And uh, he was originally my lead producer Mm -hmm. and my now lead guitar player was the co-producer and he was learning. Right. But then that gentleman had a background in like old school country and I naturally sound old school country. (laughs) So when he was recording it, he brought it to me one day and he was like, Amber, I love your stuff, but it's sounding just like Dolly Parton. Really? And there's already a Dolly Parton. So I'm, I'm having a hard time and we all knew my stuff was a little dated. Um, but we were trying to figure out how to breathe a new, fresher life into it. And so Andrew's background was in pop and he had never produced anybody. Wait, so, he's in pop? I, yeah. I would not oh, have guessed like that. Oh, he sounds like John Mayer. Are you serious? You would love Andrew. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen you guys playing together, but I guess I've never heard him do like uh, his he other was on stuff. Season three of The Voice. He doesn't like me to tell people that, but awesome. <laughs> he's got this like sexy, smoky, yeah. like. He doesn't look like it because he's Filipino, right? but he looks Samoan. Wow. You know, he's just a little thicker. You know, <laughs> you don't want to mess with him in a bar. He's a good bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. But um, he, yeah, he originally and still does do pop music. Wow. That's what he writes. Yeah. I call it soft pop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good with the genres. But um, so he was the one that produced Arkansas Line. Wow. And then Mark just kind of helped him. Mm-hmm. And now this new project... I'm going with a producer that whose background is in um, contemporary Christian, which wow. is a new little venture for me too. And I don't know why. I feel like I bring the country, so I don't necessarily need a producer or players that bring that. Right. Now, maybe one day I will go looking for that, and maybe that's where I should have been all along. But you know me. I like to float around. <laughs> I like to experiment. And so I always get a producer that does something different. I like than that what though. Do, it might bring so. you, you know, I, I like your perspective because you're like, well, I already bring the country. So let me, let me work with people who might be able to draw something else out of me. And, you know, uh, what is it about, because there's country and then, uh, there's a little bit of that older school sound, which I personally like, that's my jam. I like that. <laughs> what, what is the, is that just kind of what flows out of you naturally when you're writing songs or were you inspired to do that kind of music? So right around the time that we all met, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I used to listen to, so my car, you remember Jesse oh, Jane? Yeah. Still around. Um, that's my Camaro and that's one of my new singles, <laughs> but, um, she, the radio kind of cut on and cut off. It never mm-hmm. consistently worked. But around that time, Memphis had a radio station that was on AM. And I don't even really know how I found it. Really? But it played nothing but old school country music. And yeah. I just happened across it one day. And at that time, around the time I met y'all, I had a Beach Boys CD. I had stumbled upon the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Fell in love. Best harmonies. Yes. I mean, they were just awesome. And I had always like 60s pop. So then whenever I met the Beach Boys, I was like, oh my gosh. Then... Around that time, I think I was looking for something like the Beach Boys and came across this uh, old school country AM station in Memphis and fell in love with that. Because that's where I first heard Hank Sr., Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, Buck Owens, like all these people. And it was around that college age. So I've kind of heard theories that whatever you listen to that brings back your college or high school memories tends to be your favorite wow. genre of music. I, I like that. Theory yeah. I've heard. But um, that's still to this day, like if you go to my Pandora, the number one playlist is little Jimmy Dickens, like <laughs> oh, awesome. Roger Miller. Like, wow. Yeah. That's just the stuff I enjoy. And then whenever I go to write, I do feel like it weaves its way a lot 
into my music, but anything you've ever listened to. My brother growing up was an R&B uh, Casey and Jojo, Boys oh, to Men. That, that's that's, that's all Heather's, I listened to on the way to school, and I loved it. That's Heather's jam right there. <laughs> my mom yeah, is I mean, Al Green. Al Green. Like if you oh. if you ever want to win my mama over, yeah, yeah. take her to Al Green's church. I need now. I know. Very good. <laughs> yeah, that's a trip. Speaking of that old country, every Wednesday on the Weevil, uh, they do old yes. country bashful Bob. So my my kids like if we're riding around on a Wednesday and we happen to be in the car, I'll always put it really? on bashful. Oh <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. because that's the jam, you know. Uh, and it is. I think it's a brush of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Honestly, that you're interested in still making that kind of music. You know, it. I think it's uh, it's not a lost art at, yet because, you know, there no. are still people keeping it alive. Thank God for that. But I think it's such a, a cool style. I don't know. My dad listened to that old yeah. country too. I think it's nostalgic for a yes. lot of people. So when I hear that, it like, man, I think of dad and I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, that old stuff. So it's very, very awesome. And Tell me about the new album. I, yeah. I, I didn't know uh, I didn't know if you were working on a project. I but am. Tell me about that. And I think sometimes I go so far into the old country because that's what I love. People think that's what they're going to hear when they go and they like download Barbershop or something. And they're yeah. like, this is an old country. <laughs> so just, I am just one of those Pandora's boxes that you don't want to open because you probably don't want to know what's inside. But um, yeah, we're working on this new project. Billy Smiley is the guy's name. We're recording in Franklin awesome. at Sound Kitchen Studios. He's got a couple of Dove Awards, which is like Dude, a big Christian, deal. Yeah. absolutely. That's and, real uh, big. He actually, you, you all might know his band. Um, it was called White Heart. I've heard of White Heart before. I, I That's think it was like a Christian the, rock yes, back in the day. Back in the well, 80s or 90s. they're putting out a new album, and they're about to go on tour again. So I don't know if we'll get to finish our album because he's got his album, but that's okay. That's how it works in the music industry. But um, I stumbled upon him wow. at a writer's workshop, mm-hmm. and he just really liked my vibe, invited me to Nashville, and then we co-wrote a couple of songs on this new album. Wow. And I kind of have a date, kind of don't have a date on the yeah. release, so I don't know. Yeah. That, well, you had the date before <laughs> his album and tour and all that kind of stuff, so now we're going to... I'm gonna see how that goes, but Barbershop was the first one on that album. That one is which, out. There are four yes. that are already out with an accompanying video on YouTube that That's people awesome. can check out. Yeah, and they're I've all seen on the Spotify. video, and you do real well. Like your stuff gets played, and I think you got a lot of support in this community. And I know you probably have support that we don't even know about outside of this community. So I know that's expanding, and it's uh, it's good. It's growing. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Amber, because uh, how do you deal with discouragement when that comes? Because, hmm. look, I, I I don't really consider... When that comes. When that comes. Daily. <laughs> right? Well, give us some secrets, because I always want to encourage people through this, mm. too. I always, you know, when I, when I talk to people, I always feel like there's always something we can learn about, you know, people... Everybody's going through something at different times. So how do you deal with that, with this process? Because I, I experience it... With this podcast, sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, it's a lot of work for, you know, not a lot of return. That's sometimes how <laughs> right. I feel. You know what I mean? Passion project. Exactly. Um, I will kind of preface that by saying, I think you and I and a lot of us in the South and just a lot of people I know personally are very lucky that we were relate, or, uh, raised in religious households. Yes. And so we have always had a, what I would think is a stronger core. Mm-hmm like foundation, I guess, to build upon just in our religious households. And I 
Well, I'm, I, I do wonder somebody that really never knew God and has to find it on their own. And, it, and it's very exciting because you get to watch that person when they find it. Right. They're like on fire for Jesus. Yes. And uh, that is a beautiful thing. Very much. But I do think that we just naturally have some type of a deeper inner peace that our parents instilled us with, that we're lucky we can tap into. It's everything. It, it is, uh, it's, it's absolutely everything. You know, uh, you hit the nail on the head because that would have been my answer too. You know, I face discouragement and mm-hmm. I think we all do. That's just part of the human experience. If you're human, there will be a point in time in your life where you're going to face discouragement. Maybe it's uh, didn't meet a goal of some sort, or maybe it's in your own mind mm-hmm. that you're like, uh, this isn't working, but you're exactly right. And the thing about it is, Amber, like, I don't know that life. Like you're, it, yeah. you know, this is my life and I do have that foundation. I do have Christ and I don't know. I don't know how others do yeah, it, and we, we, that doesn't mean we've been perfect. Right. No, God, no. no. Yeah. You know, I know, we know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, no. and, and I don't mind telling people, you know, I'm, I just really don't care. I'm that open and honest about it. Me too. Um, and even, you know, sometimes your faith wavers, whatever. But I do think we were lucky to be brought up in that type of a thing, yeah. which gives you this deeper and inner peace that whenever you have those moments, you can, it's almost like a well. I don't know. I don't know my religious text very well. So I, I don't know <laughs> hey. if this is or isn't the right metaphor, but it's almost like a well you can go have a drink from when you need yeah. to, you know, but also for me, surrounding myself with positive people. Yes. Wow. You gotta have them positive people. Man, that's like, huge. Them negative people have got to they go. Can go. My best friend from high school who really taught me everything. And I miss her to this day, and I love her dearly. And I want her in my life, and I want to be in her life, but I just don't know. It. And it, it's just one of the—and I can't turn back to see, but we had a little falling out. And at that time, I was moving forward, and she wasn't. And wow. I couldn't—you know, and it's just one of those things that you just have to have an inner peace about because— yeah. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Sometimes that's hard knowing uh, when to not not to cut off, but knowing to to remove, to separate. I put a little separation. Doesn't mean the love's not there. No, you know the love is obviously still there, but it, it is. You know, and the thing about it is, we change over time as people. Mm-hmm. The things that we may have loved and adored and had a passion for ten years ago you know, we've gained wisdom or we've gained an experience or we've grown in our faith or whatever it is, we are people and part of the human experience is changing. So I get that. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome advice too for somebody. You might be struggling with some, maybe you better check the people you're hanging around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) And just try to stay with the positive side of the people. You know, I think those other ones, like I said, I've only ever had Two, maybe, that I've kind of had to just really part ways with. Yeah. Um, And I love them to death. Right. Like, every once in a while, I'll see something on my feed or just someone will talk about them or something. I'll I'll bring up a memory. And I just love them and I love it. But it just, it is what it is. And you just have to give peace to that. That's right. And and we have to think, too, you know, that was that season of my life. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong. Hey, that was then. And move on. And that's (laughs) it. I can can look back on that and say that was awesome. But I can also acknowledge I'm not in that same place. So that is awesome. Um, 
I'm thinking about, you know, you talked about one of your videos being online. <laughs> Every time I watch one of your videos, it just seems so hype. I'm like, dang, they oh, really, no. <laughs> no, I love that though, because it looks so well done. Like it's uh, so well, well done. Thank you, Boo Kazungu, for that. That is my buddy that got me into music. I need you, Bukazungu. What? <laughs> you, Bukazungu. <laughs> you, Bukazungu. We're going to connect. There we go. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's for hire. Um, we graduated from Memphis College of Art, him with a videography degree and me with a sculpture degree. Wow. And then he was the one that was, he's from Kenya, Africa. Wow. And he was a reggae artist here in Memphis. Dude, that's, I love reggae. And, and I first joined his reggae band. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what There's were so you doing? You what? missed this whole gap of my life, Jeremy. <laughs> what in the world? Okay, so were you singing? What I were am you the doing? whitest white girl. I don't know anything about <laughs> reggae music, but I was a background singer. Okay, perfect. And me and several other people, and the joke, because they were called Yubu and the Africans. So the joke was that me and the other white guy were from South Africa. Oh, that's hilarious. We just thought it was yeah. funny, but... um we were doing reggae music for a while and going to all these open mics, and he was the first one to prompt me, have you ever tried to write anything? And I honestly hadn't. Wow. I always sang and, you know, maybe made up little ditties while sweeping or driving or something. Right. But the word write, not really, mm-hmm. you know? And so it wasn't until I kind of changed my focus and thought the word write, writing a song. Wow. That it really came together, and I wrote Arkansas Line. And that's why I hold so much... Like I, I always do, I still to this day always do that song. And people will say, ah, oh, surely you wrote a song before that. And I'm like, no, this is really my first song. Yeah, that's... And that's why I love it so much is because it kind of sounds like a real song. No, it is a real <laughs> song. Like it is a real song. All of your stuff. Um, but at that time, uh, I still am a big Loretta Lynn fan, but I was listening to a lot of Loretta Lynn right. and her coal miner's daughter. Ooh. I call it a shotgun song because it's just like a, a line and a refrain, a line and a refrain. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I wrote Arkansas Line. And hers is a, this is me, this is all you get, take it or leave it. And that's my version of that. Man, I love it. And speaking of Loretta Lynn, I've always been a big fan. She's always found a way to be relevant kind of in our culture. Yeah. And I I could see the influence, uh, you know, in your music. Well, she's sassy and She's a good motherly role model. Yes. And you know, like I, I loved uh, your wife's mother and just my mother, yes. anybody that's good. To, I feel like I'm good to children, you yeah. know, and anybody <laughs> that kind of has that motherly role. I respect that. That's yeah. a like really hard thing to do. And they make it look so effortless. Yeah, exactly. And I always thought Loretta did a really good job. She had seven kids and she was a full-time wow. musician. Like, how is that even possible? And she was present with her kids. Yes. Yes. Have you seen that movie? Coal miner's yes, daughter, obviously, yes. obviously, yes. And actually, her 90th birthday party they're having uh, this Saturday, and I'll be there in Nashville. Her great granddaughter, or no, her granddaughter and Conway Twitty's grandson are doing a duet. And you're gonna be there. Well, I mean, I don't know them personally, yeah, yeah, but, but I totally still, booked tickets because yeah. I wanted to go see them. Well, how awesome is that? Crazy, <laughs> 90 years old, unbelievable. I know. Well, that that's awesome. It, and like I said, it's just been so awesome from the outside looking in. Just being, uh, uh, I consider us more family than friends, but yeah. just being family and seeing your experience. And uh, I've you've done things that are televised, National Anthem. And, of mm. course, you've done big things, played in pretty much every uh, juke joint in Memphis and probably the tri-state area around here. So and We're still booking. So if there's Still <laughs> booking. I know. It is a lot of hard work, man, because I, I do everything. Um, that producer records my material, 
But outside of that, I book everything. I send every email. I answer. Yeah. Barely answer every Facebook <laughs> message and Instagram and Twitter and, you know. Yeah. It is so hard. I miss more opportunities than I make. It, it But honestly. it's hard. It's hard to keep up. And here's the thing. By the, the time thing. I get back to them, they're yeah. expired. And that's the, that's the hard part about being, I won't call it. A starving artist. That's the term that you hear. But you know, you are. You're you're not just the artist, but you're the marketing mm. director. You're the the campaign director. You know, you have the creative ideas. You're writing the songs, and it, it is a lot of behind the scenes. Like all this stuff, I edit it. I edit the video. I edit the audio. So I, I totally understand that. Uh, <laughs> But again, the finished product is always what I see. It's always really good. And like I said, you have so much support, you know. So tell us, what do you have coming up? Uh, I know you said that you you have some events are you are you playing anywhere uh coming up soon or um i'm playing tonight (laughs) (laughs) um i'm trying to look at my date book in my head in your head off the top of my head i know we'll be at elwood shack on the 16th which that's just a little restaurant so one another thing i you said how do you keep yourself motivated or stay positive another thing i just personally enjoy is playing as many different gigs in as many different ways as possible. Wow. Private parties, yes. restaurants, wineries, juke joints, yes. uh, national anthems. Like, right. I've got to keep it fresh. Yes. Because if I played that same bar every Friday and those same people drank their beer and barely listened to me and everybody kept requesting free bird every time. Yes. It would just, you know, it would be very taxing on my mental psyche. Yeah. And so for me to keep it fresh makes it always feel like I'm really, this ball is rolling, even though the ball is like, it's like the little wheel with the hamster. <laughs> it's rolling, but it's rolling yeah. right there, you know? <laughs> We're not going very far, but no. listen, we're going fast. But I'm getting exercise. Come on. You, you know? You're getting them steps in. Yeah. No. So that's one thing I do. And um, I do have a workshop coming up that I'm super excited about. So right when COVID hit, yeah. The year before, I had done five different workshops throughout that year. Gotcha. Songwriter workshops, professional development, conferences, that kind of thing. Wow. Awesome. And really enjoyed them. It was my first time ever doing those. So then that next year, I was like, ooh, I'm going to do 10. Wow. I'm going to get those yeah, five again because yeah. I really enjoyed them. And I'm going to add five more. Yeah, and I'm going to add five more. Right. Then COVID hit. So for two years, I've been waiting to get back to my conferences because oh. I want to hit 10 conferences. Yes. So this year, I'm... Well, on my way, I think, to my goal. Awesome. And um, the big one, actually, Music Export Memphis approved funding for this. So I've always heard that they like fund artists, professional development or wow. tour grants or gotcha. just things like that, merch grants. But I had never applied for one. And I, this one was a little pricey. And I didn't think they'd approve it. And they did. So I'm wow. so thankful. And at the end of this month, I'll be going to upstate New York to do a writer's retreat out in the Catskill Mountains with Andrea Stopel, who is a professor at Berkeley College of Music. So, Shut up. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. That's huge. <laughs> How was the process to do that? I mean, my goodness, that sounds like super extensive uh, to do that. So you're going to New York. And- yeah, I know. I've never been to the Northeast, so I don't really know. I'm still trying to book my flight, and it's at the end of this month. But- yeah, girl, you better hurry up. <laughs> well, they cause- approved me a little late in, in my defense. Um, yeah. But, and I was at 10 Pan South Songwriter Seminar in Nashville with NSAI when they approved it. Wow. So, like, I couldn't, that was last yeah, week, and yeah. I couldn't, you know, book the flight and everything because I'm trying to coordinate with 20 other artists because it's a two hour drive from Albany 
to the Catskill Mountains. Wow. And I got to like, I can't pay for that cab fare by myself. Yeah, so I'm yeah, trying to yeah. coordinate with somebody else to like share a cab. But, um, are you taking anybody with you? Is anybody, no. it's just going to be you. Oh I, I my know. gosh. So I am literally, I am the epitome of jump. Now, whether I can swim or not, we never know. But once you're in the water, what are you going to do? I know. So I, I literally, I just jump and Justin gets on me all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> with this hilarious. one, he's like, we can't afford that. And I'm like, I know. I didn't think they'd approve it. I know, right? <laughs> and like, then once they'd approved it, you have to go. Well, yeah. Because this was a pretty expensive uh, well, that's know, retreat. Crazy. But I've never been on a songwriter's retreat. So basically, under the direction of this Berkeley professor, a bunch of songwriters that obviously you had to send in an application right? Um, that are obviously pretty good at their craft are going to spend a week and, you know, they've got a kitchen on site and they take care of our meals. We're just going to be out in the woods and hanging out together and writing and co-writing Man, and throwing ideas off of each awesome. other out in the middle of nature and God's beauty. Man, and I bet the weather's going to be amazing, uh, you know. Could be cold. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it'll be end of April, so hopefully it should be good. But I'm just sitting here thinking, what an awesome experience. And, you know, talking about jumping, you know, sometimes you do just have to jump. And I say mm-hmm. that because... You know, life is so short and, you know, sometimes dreams, you're only going to get as close to those dreams as as much as you're willing to put in that work and mm-hmm. take that risk and actually pursue that. And I know so many people never really achieve their goals because they never really try. In fact, this has been me talking about, you know, <laughs> feeling like you no. waited too long or it's like, I've, I have felt like that in yeah. my own life. Oh, you no, know? I still feel that way about certain things. <laughs> as she's going to New York. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, there, I there's you. always things. When you do one thing, you have to kind of put something else to the side. So there's yeah. always that push pull of things you want to do. Yeah. If you're a goal-oriented person, you know, exactly. and you have all these things that maybe you have to slow down on that one to kind of beef up this one. But with what you just said, that's where those good friends and yes. positive people and, you know, just relationships with solid people that Man. whenever you jump and you're like, crap, I don't know if I can swim or not, you at least have some form of mental support, you if not it. anything else. Like my family doesn't even know how to use the internet. They <laughs> definitely are not helping me send an email or make a phone call or pay, you know, a hotel stay. Or, right. They don't know how to do that. But mentally, you know, they're just good people. They can like tell me positive things, you know, yeah, and it just yeah. You well, got to have that. And it helps. And I know your family. They support yeah. <laughs> you. They love you. My gosh, I know that. Uh, they don't have cell phones. Like, yeah. <laughs> They don't have cell phones? My parents don't, no. Oh, my goodness. That is a trip. How do they communicate with you? What do they just... Uh, Uh, Landline? Landline. Don't you remember them things? They had cords to them, Jeremy. I don't know if you ever (laughs) saw a phone with a cord. But you used Uh, to have to hang out next to the wall. Yeah. You know, it's funny because talking about that support system, (laughs) like I've seen pictures, they go to like shows. It it doesn't matter. It's a bar. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, your parents have gone. Sometimes I'm like, how did they find it? You know, I just like told them where it was. No map quest. Well, right. And and, uh, I just tell them where it is. And I really, I'm just, I don't have time to explain it. Right. You know, I'll kind of loosely tell dad where it is. Dad's pretty good with directions, you know, and like you said, they show up at it. So (laughs) I've seen pictures of there they are, but how cool is that? Yeah. And they don't drink or anything, you know, but they come to all these smoky bars and one of my buddies, I bartend downtown Memphis for his songwriter night. Okay. And I do that to network. You know it. Because you know, networking is like, that's how I have all these friends. Everything. It's not like I'm just cool and I got friends like that. (laughs) Well, you're cool too. Well, no, but but I've had to work for these friendships. Right. Um, But anyways... 
my buddy who owns the place, he always jokes that my parents are the only people he he's ever seen follow their child to watch them bartend. That is a trip. <laughs> and he's right because they do. They're just proud. Well, and I'll, I'll I'll say this, and just I guess to kind of segue, cherish those moments. You know, I lost mm-hmm. my dad in October. He was he was my best dude. You know, he's my right that. hand man. I loved your dad. Yeah, dad was a trip. You know, and uh, he w- he was like that too. We would hang out and uh, do our thing. Uh, I won't <laughs> divulge exactly what it was we did or or how much of it we did, but you know, my dad was my dude. And mm. I guess to kind of segue, you know, I always want to get. Uh, I want to encourage people through these conversations. I think it's important because mm. this the, these couches to me are like, I've had some amazing conversations and people really open up. But talking about loss, you had, we had, but you more so had a very significant loss in your life. Uh, gosh, what year was that? On Saturday, it will be seven. Seven. I okay. I was thinking five or six. I knew it was... It could be six. Yeah, somewhere around there. But that'll be Saturday. But this Saturday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Goodness April gracious. 9th. Ryan, your brother, uh, yep. passed away. And uh, we're, we're connected, as I mentioned. You know, we're family. Ryan, uh, along with you, and you would babysit, but Ryan being the friend he was to my wife's yeah. uh, brother, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time with Ryan. So how that, that is huge. I just think about people going through a loss. I know how I felt when dad passed and it, you know, it changes your whole perspective on everything. How did you, and how are you? Because I don't think you ever stop. How are you (laughs) dealing and dealing with and processing all that? And if you have uh, a word of encouragement to anyone who might be walking through loss right now, what would that be? Well, I don't know. I have a odd, I feel like, way of thinking about it and stuff. Um, I don't know if the word process ever comes up in my mind. I don't necessarily feel like I have or haven't processed it. Right. I don't really care yeah. to explain that word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I did just release, write and release the first song about that. It's called My Ryan. Exactly. YouTube and Spotify and everywhere. But... um in the bridge of that song, I say uh, something along the lines of like, and the hardest times are when I'm alone with my mind mm-hmm. and I'm always alone Wow, w- with mine, you know? Yeah. And, and that is very true because you can't run away from yourself. Man. And even though I had no, like his was a motorcycle accident, it blew up on impact. There was n- nothing anyone could do. I guarantee you, the guy that hit him didn't mean to hit somebody that morning, you know, whether his actions afterwards were good or bad, but nobody just leaves their house. You you know, he didn't, he was just going to Walmart with his dad. Um, and it blew up on impact and, you know, just one of those things that just kind of, ta-da, it happened and you can't do anything about it. And so, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I have this in a weird way, inner peace of, death. Mm. Whereas I was probably always a little afraid of death. Right. Now I kind of feel like, oh, well, if I die, I got a buddy up there and he's probably a better friend than anyone I got around here. Absolutely. Yeah. Not in a weird way, you know, like, I I know what you mean, but like my best friend is up there. So like now I'm not afraid. Yeah. If that makes sense. Goodness. Um, and in that song, you know, when I was talking about being alone with my mind, 
that is one of those things. Like some people, my sister says she talks to him. I don't talk to him. Maybe like mentally I think things towards him or right. something. But um, it's just one of those things that you just have to, you know, people say there's that uh, cheesy saying of, you know, they would want you to go on, you know. And oh, yeah. There, there are just so <laughs> many like. Cliche. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe not cheesy, but cliche things that I don't really care to perpetuate. And not because they're not true, but. Right. There's just, it's like a feeling you don't know how to describe. And I know people have chosen to describe it with these cliche things. Right. And they may, they might work for some people, but they don't for me, but they don't not work. Like I'm not sitting around depressed or anything. I mean, right. I do have my moments. Sure. I feel like it's a trickle. Yeah. Like it's just a little drop here and there that yeah. you'll be at an airport and a little redheaded kid will walk by or something and he'll say something to his mommy and you'll just burst out crying to yeah, yourself. Exactly. You know? And and then five seconds later you composed yourself and you just needed that. Right. Um as far as advice for people, I don't know. I just feel like you have to keep yourself surrounded with those positive people mm. and keep moving forward. Yes. And like I said, if you do have your little breakdown moments, let it be these little trickle of yeah, breakdown moments. Yeah. And not necessarily because they would want you to go on. <laughs> you know, that's that's so yeah, dramatic. Yeah. It's true though. Um, but it's more like a in my mind, I can't wait to because I feel like he's watching me and he I feel like believed in me and all these cool things that I can do. So as I achieve them, it's kind of like high five, yeah, you know, like exactly. we're high fiving each other. And then when I get up there, I get to tell him about exactly. all these cool things. So it's not a they would want you to go on. It's like a I can't wait to tell him. Exactly. It's almost like a, having a best friend that moved to Germany, right? And there's no cell phones or internet. And your best friend said they'll be back in 20 years. So you're just kind of waiting for 20 years, yeah, to finally see your best friend and tell them all these cool things. So it's almost like an anticipation. That's right. I don't know. I don't know if I'm using the right words. No, I mean, there, there, I don't think there, there are right words per se. I think these are your feelings. And I think that that's, you know, everybody grieves and processes death or loss differently. And I agree. I I feel the same way about like all the cliche stuff. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, people mean well when they tell you that stuff, but it's, it's kind of like, um, I understand. I know. But in, you know, we all process yeah. our own way. And I, I totally get that. And, you you know, Ryan was an awesome dude. And I, yeah. I know that he was proud of you for sure and believed in all that you're doing. So great, great advice, you know, because there's so many people that are hurting all around us. Uh, and that's, you know, if I, if I do anything through these conversations, I just mm-hmm. want to encourage people to give them hope, whether it's about following your dreams. Listen, you learn from us. It's never too late to start pursuing uh, your dream, whether that's music, whether it's creating something with your hands, a piece of art or a podcast or whatever it may be. And, and then if you're like us who are going through loss, hey, you know what? It's okay to grieve. And it's mm-hmm. okay to grieve in the way that you feel comfortable grieving. You yes. know what I'm saying? Most so. important. You just got to find your people. That's it. In anything. Yeah. Even if it's like a group of three, like that's your people. You <laughs> it know? don't take and, many. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> and so whatever it is, even grief, they've got like grief retreats and stuff. Yeah. At one point, my mom and I went to one uh, 
it was just a little church service. But then afterwards, this little group would pay for you to go on the retreat. Wow. And like go out to the mountains yeah. somewhere and spend a week and obviously talk with counselors and stuff. But I right. just thought that was really cool that they kind of saved money or had donations and stuff to where they could that afford is, to pay you to yeah. go, or, or pay for you to go do that. And I was like, wow, there are so many people. Because not everybody's mind processes yeah. it in a positive way. That's right. My mind is just weird and it flips everything. And uh, I'm probably the minority in that <laughs> sense. Uh, I have a lot of blissful ignorance going on oh, well. over here. But for most people, it is a lot harder. And I yeah. do respect that. And I do understand that. I work at a barbershop in the daytime and I hear a lot of people. Man. One of my last customers basically was giving his testimony about Goodness. Uh, the guy that had shot his son when his son was 17 and how this guy at the time was on drugs and uh, drinking and all that kind of stuff. He didn't have his life right. Right. But his son was kind of the epitome of his life. Wow. Then his son got shot by the neighbor kid. He knew the kid. Unreal. And he was just dead set he was going to kill this kid. He didn't care. Wow. He was a drug addict, whatever. I'm going to kill him. Told his wife and had the wife drive him down there. And I mean, it was just this whole story. And then told about, you know, the ground was shaking under his feet and Jesus, you know, he heard a whisper and it, it was this whole testimony. Man, that's powerful. But it was crazy. And now he's completely changed his life around. And he said, you know, the guy that killed his son is still down the street, but he's he's not angry and bitter anymore. Gosh, that's got to be hard. You know, I, that's what I was like. Woo, know, woo, <laughs> woo. Woo. Hey, that's that's when you really do apply what you believe yeah. in that blood of Jesus in it, because only only God could really take that uh, bitterness and hurt away from you. But that's a podcast show yeah. all on its I might own. Give you but, his number. <laughs> exactly. Like we need to talk to you, man. But that's awesome that and you know, I, I bet that as uh, I don't, well, is, is a beautician or what do you call yourself, barber? or uh, I guess technically cosmetologist. Cosmetologist. So yeah. I, I, said, I was only going to say that as a cosmetologist, you probably have to become a counselor because, you know, people come in, they oh. want to bear their soul. They want to, you know. You know, dad told me, told me early on, you're going to be their doctor. Exactly. You're going to be their bartender. You're going to yep. be their lawyer. You're going to be all of these things, psychologist. You know it. Because for 30 minutes... They are your boss. You know it. I have a hundred bosses. You know, you guys out there that have one boss and you complain about it. Right. I have like 10 every day. Don't complain <laughs> about your one boss. Because my first boss that came in, he just had a baby. He's super happy. Everything's great. And I'm cutting his hair and we're having fun. But then the next one, he's wanting to kill the dude that killed his son. You know, and it's just <laughs> oh like gosh. every person that comes in. And then the next one, his wife just died. You know, and he's. Oh, man. I've seen dad talk people out of suicide. Wow. I've seen dad talk people the best he could out of suicide, and then they've committed wow. suicide after leaving the shop. And it's just, I mean, my dad's done it for 55 years, and ugh, yeah, that's that, you know, not only is being a artist and a musician taxing on your emotions, that is too, you know, you know it. It's crazy, but I feel like at the end of the day, it probably gives me a lot of ideas for songs. But look, isn't it funny <laughs> how willing when people are hurting, or they, isn't it funny how they just open up? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even ask them, you know. It, well, I do. Well, I know. But I can't it, touch you and not <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> I've, I've I've been in some cases where it's like you ask uh, a simple question, and man, they're just. It's yeah. like they've had that bottled up, and they're just wanting to open up so bad. And uh, I think I think that's why not only are these conversations important, but I think doing the stuff that you do musically, mm-hmm. creatively, I think it's important because people need. 
that release. Uh, and Amber, I just want to say we're extremely proud of you. You know, we're fans, so we're going to support <laughs> whatever you do. We'll be looking for the album coming up. And uh, any last any last thoughts or any last words uh, for anybody? Could be on anything. Mm. If you just had to, uh, to give someone a, a piece of hope for today, what would that be? Ooh, that's the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I would say find whatever, whoever you need to keep you going every single day. And that sounds really cheesy. And I know there's a lot of self-love going on. But it has to be this real deep mm. thing like deep in your soul that you know. And I don't really know how you get that if you don't have it. Right. Because like I said, we were lucky to have mm-hmm. parents to at least give us a guiding uh, foundation for that. Yes. Um, and not every church is for everybody. And that's and okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say, and that's okay. Yeah. I think... You need to find, and it doesn't have to be a religious friend, but it really helps because God is with you at all times. All times. Whereas, I don't know. I just I have a lot of friends on both sides of this coin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I went to yeah. an arts college. I'm I'm around a bunch That's of right. artists and musicians. That's right. And um, you know, sometimes just self love isn't enough. Yeah. But I do see a lot of the self love going on right now, and mm-hmm. that's great. But I really do feel like there's a deeper thing that has to be there. Like you're saying something. Mother Nature, God, galaxy. I mean, you you gotta know <laughs> yeah. that there is something way deeper. And I love the self-help thing. That's great. A lot of people are in positive moments of their life, and I love to see that. But I really hope that they take the time to go deeper. Because once you have gotten that deep of a solid foundation. I mean, it's like a tree or something, like a tree with deep roots, you know? You can just do anything and blossom anywhere. And, you know, I don't know what friends or gardening or I don't know what you need in your life to find that depth of groundedness. But once you do, like, ah, it's amazing. Man, it is. And there's nothing like it. And uh, it's great, great advice. I had someone on just a couple of weeks ago and they they were saying too you know bloom where you're planted and it it just reminds me of that and I know you see that written on stuff one of those other cliche things but yeah (laughs) I have that one in my house hanging up somewhere I I hate I hate I hate that I like some of the cliche stuff because I don't want to be cliche but at the same time it's like there is a tinge of truth to it you know what I'm saying so well it's cliche because it's easy to remember exactly that's that's true and Um. and you overhear it but you're exactly right but awesome advice I encourage you to go deeper um uh, you know, it build that relationship. Uh, like Amber said, you know, not every church is for everybody, but we mm. know that uh, there is a place for you out there to seek that deeper connection and deeper relationship. So, Amber, always a pleasure. Thank you Thank so you much for, for spending a little bit of time with us this afternoon. Be on the lookout for uh, that second album. What's the name of the album? Yes. Um, it's going to be, I guess that's life. Awesome. It's one of the singles. And my name is Amber Ray Dunn, R A E. There you go. And look her up on YouTube. She's got some awesome stuff. So awesome. Great talking to you. you. Thanks for coming on. And we'll see you soon.